Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcou, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Colin. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Samuel Tali. How are you? I am hungover to a degree that I would rather not discuss anymore because I might just throw up <laughs> onto the microphone, but you and I spoke off the air as to why. Uh, I should also point out that uh, Welcome to Perfectville is now a part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. And uh, really, Chris, we're here to talk about one thing and one thing only, and that is the NFL draft, uh, a tradition like none other. This is the, the, the one of my favorite shows that we do every single year. Uh, we analyze, we talk about, and we discuss what the Miami Dolphins just did uh, with the NFL draft concluding a couple of days ago. Also, as usual, uh, we do have some reactions from Mr. Christopher Cullen. Um, oh, with his uh, opinions, shall we say, his drunken thoughts on who the Miami Dolphins picked in the first round, as well as the AFC East opponents. So uh, look forward to that. But, uh, man, Chris, let's just get into it here. A lot of controversy about this draft, a lot of, a lot of people thinking that we should have gone uh, with a quarterback in the first round. Um, but let's just get into the first pick that we did have. The number one draft pick for the Miami Dolphins, number 13 overall, Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Now this kid um, gets on stage and almost becomes everybody's hero by crushing Roger Goodell with a massive uh, chest bump, side ass slam, whatever. <laughs> he looked like he was coming off of WrestleMania, let alone being drafted in the NFL. But uh, big kid, defensive tackle, uh, Clemson, uh, very first pick of the Brian Flores slash Chris Greer era. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Love it. Love the pick. Um, this is a guy that not only is on the field a uh, superstar, but he is off the field a leader. And I saw it from uh, people on the subreddit there. Uh, I think there was some actual like Clemson student came in um, coming in peace just to talk about this guy and, and how much the students love him like on campus, like how much he's just like a bright guy, like everyone loves to be around him. He's a total leader, um, great head on his shoulders, and he's just a monster on the field, man. Uh, drawing double teams, aggressive, can pass rush, can stop the run. Uh, with the quarterback type of draft that it, it was, uh, and then the pass rushers and things like that that were also in this draft, um, him falling to us at 13 was another just diamond and a rough type deal with like Minka Fitzpatrick last year. Uh, my son's a huge Clemson fan. I've watched a lot of their games, and their defensive line is just gritty, get after it, and they are a proud, uh, proud unit. And, and that's a guy you want to bring in. Brian Flores, his first draft, when we are already having question marks at pass rusher, Losing Cam Wake, losing Andre Branch, uh, who didn't really do anything. Uh, you know, Harris not really stepping up yet and doing anything, uh, especially to his draft order. Uh, to get a guy like this to kind of anchor our middle with God Chow and stuff like that, I, I love the pick. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things here. Clemson, first of all, I mean, I know they're the national champions, but they, I, I swear they had about 35 kids drafted in the first 20 picks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, so many people on their defense were drafted high. Um, you got to imagine that the recruiting uh, that they can pull off from this draft, uh, the fact that they won the national championship and then sent a bajillion guys to the NFL has got to be something impressive uh, to be able to hang their hat on there. Um, 
He's also the third defensive tackle taken by an AFC East team. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in mm. just a little bit. But the Jets and the Bills also ahead of us took defensive tackles, uh, which I'm not sure what that means other than the fact that, look, they got to get after the passer, right? I mean, they got to stop Tom Brady somehow. And uh, the Miami Dolphins really don't have any pass rush like you talked about. I mean, and Domicon Sue left uh, last year. They never fully replaced him at all. Um, Charles Harris has not lived up to uh, – basically, he's he's about as uh, rare of a, cr- a find as Sasquatch these days. I mean, you can't find either one of those guys. Um, Charles – or, I'm sorry, uh, Cameron Wake moves on. Um, you know, we, we trade um, – uh, the guy that we got from the Rams, whose name I can't even think of right now. Um, and then we also, you know, like you talked about, we lost some other people that weren't really contributing too much, but were there on the team. So uh, this is a foundational piece. This is a piece that, uh, you know, you drop into the center of your defense and you and you grow out from there. Uh, and you and I talked about this briefly a few months ago that I really did think that this is where they were going to go. Uh, not necessarily Christian Wilkins uh, specifically, but I thought they would go, you know, it, into uh, the defensive line and offensive line, which is what you'll see throughout this entire draft. But uh, I, I thought this was a solid pick. It wasn't a, um, a big, you know, flashy pick, uh, other than the fact that uh, the kid's a big, flashy kid, and I love his personality, and I think he's going to fit right in uh, with the culture here in uh, South Beach. Well, I love it also for the uh, other intangibles that he brings, and, and that's like our linebacking crew. So we have uh, a somewhat undersized linebacking crew. Brian Flores, a defensive guy that comes in from the Patriots with Bill Belichick, and what does he do? He puts a stud defensive lineman in the front there and center. He played all over the defensive line at Clemson. Uh, three-year starter, won two national championships, and first-team All-American. You put him in there, and all of a sudden, he's eating up double teams, so guys like Baker and uh, McMillan and Alonzo and the other guys we've brought in can flow to the ball a little bit easier. A lot of people love Zach Thomas. You know, I named my son after him. The guy's amazing, but he also benefited his entire career oh, from having guys like Gardner and Bowens in front of him that are just eating up double and triple teams where he can just flow easily to the ball and not get blocked out of the play, especially being undersized when those linemen can't get to the second level. So this guy here, he's aggressive, he's fast, he is, uh, he's got a motor, and he's a hell of a player. So, yeah, I love the pick for Flores. So what did you think of the Miami Dolphins not going with Dwayne Haskins at this point? Um, you know, he was available. I think a lot of people before the draft thought that he would not be, that the Giants or some other team would come in and swoop him up, and that if he was available that the Miami Dolphins would have a decision to make. Uh, it didn't seem like they really uh, had any interest in him whatsoever. They obviously passed on him, but uh, they seemed hell-bent on getting this kid, Christian Wilkins. Um, what uh, what say you? I mean, were you disappointed in them not getting Dwayne Haskins? Obviously, at this point, we did not know what the next moves are going to be. Right. Uh, did you think the Miami Dolphins uh, missed a chance uh, with Dwayne Haskins uh, sitting there at number 13? No, I don't, and I, I like him. But he's a you know pretty good quarterback there at Ohio State. But Urban Meyer quarterbacks, other than really Alex Smith, have just kind of been uh, iffy to me. There's some questionable guys coming into the NFL and that, that translating to the next level. He only played one season at Ohio State. Now, albeit he had good quarterbacks in front of him, obviously at Ohio State there, um, but he didn't play except that senior season. Did great things, you know, great pocket passer, good arm. Um, but we're at 13, and it's one of those things where there's the rumors of the tank for Tua. We're trying to get draft picks into the uh, 2020 draft. Um, we bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, there's all kinds of different – one thing I noticed, Sam, is that there's all kinds of different answers and questions being out there uh, that don't seem to be true. And it's the first time in a long time we don't have a lot of leaks in our front office. And there's a lot of guys throwing shit on the wall hoping it sticks. Chris Greer came out after, and I know we'll talk about it, but uh, the trade that was made – 
done draft saying he has no idea where these stories were even breaking because they didn't call him until like they got the 62nd pick. Um, so yeah, it just, it's, it was, we don't know where they're going and what they're doing. We don't know if they're tanking, if they want to win with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, if they want to build from the inside out, the Patriots never really drafted high quarterbacks. Even Tom Brady is notoriously a six round pick, uh, which I got lucky, but still, um, you know, we're sitting there at 13 Haskins. If they if he had some red flags or it's not, he's not going to be the guy, especially if you maybe get a Drew Locke in the second round. I like what they did and got a, got a defense alignment because you, you can look at these teams. They have these great quarterbacks, the Darnolds, the Allens, the Wentz. Um, really, you know, even Mahomes, you know, they didn't win a Super Bowl last year. You need more than just a quarterback. You need to build a team, and we have a lot of glaring holes. So I'm glad they didn't reach a little bit and get the what if in Haskins and instead got the guy that's going to be your anchor in your defensive line, gather draft picks, and possibly got the future quarterback later on. Here's something else that if anybody's out there still smarting over the fact that we didn't get Dwayne Haskins, somebody named me the greatest quarterback in Ohio State history. Can't do it. You can't do it because maybe at the <laughs> college level, but when they get to the pros, they aren't very good. I think Mike Tomzak literally is the only name that I can really Oof. think of, and he was not a great NFL quarterback. I mean, Bobby Hoying went there. Uh, Joe Germain. Do you remember Joe Germain from the late 90s? I mean, this this is not a, 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 a university that is known. Cardale Jones. Uh, they're not known Oof. for producing NFL caliber quarterbacks. Craig Krenzel. Terrell <laughs> I mean, Terrell, I Terrell Pryor. He went to a receiver. Yeah, I mean, he's a receiver now. Braxton Miller. I mean, he's, he's a, a receiver now. Troy Smith. I mean, who who the hell are these guys? These aren't the guys that uh, are going to be in Canton, Ohio as quarterbacks. So I'm okay just based on the history alone of passing on Dwayne Haskins because I don't think he uh, he's going to be anything. I don't think he's going to be a mold breaker here. He's going to fall right in line with everything else. So uh, I'm okay with that as well. Um, I do want to play, because this is what we do, I do want to play the audio that Chris Collins sent me after uh, we picked Mr. Christian Wilkins. Uh, just, uh, this is, this is, uh, I love it. I love everything about it. I'm recording. All right, Dolphins pick is in. Here's the announcement. Wow, the booze. Fuck these people. The Miami Dolphins select Christian Wilkins. Yeah! Hey, so, is he from Saint? Is he from Clemson? I believe he's from Clemson. I'm not sure, but uh, if you guys couldn't tell, that was Chris Cullen in his uh, his his draft party. Just my brother, my screaming. dad, my wife, um, my other brother, I had two brothers there, and we were uh, we we skipped the beer. We went straight to vodka, so you can hear it in my uh, cotton mouth. I was already pretty damn lit by round one. Well, the funny thing is, and we won't play it here, but you also sent me other audio that had nothing to do with any of these picks. Like, I think you were getting ready for it, and you were just like, oh, I'm going to send this to him, too. It had nothing to do with anything. It was just you rambling. It was hilarious. Well, yeah, uh, I remember stopping that one and started a <laughs> new one because it took forever, and I must have sent you the wrong one. Yeah, so uh, obviously you're pumped about the pick. Uh, a little bit different than the, the Laramie Tunzel pick when you sent me that audio a couple <laughs> years ago, but uh, we'll play the other ones here before too Yeah, hey, I like Mika Fitzpatrick last year, yeah, that's too. That's true. That's true. You did. <laughs> So, okay, leaving round one, uh, I got to tell you, I watched the entire first round uh, with a couple of Rams fans, and I was just giving them shit the entire time. Like, maybe you guys can draft 10 points in the Super Bowl, you know, (laughs) with your pick or something. And uh, we get all the way down there, and, and, you know, I'm at a bar, and I'm watching the draft of these guys, and, you know, great guys, just friends of mine, and 
we get to the right before Seattle. Seattle two picks right before the Los Angeles Rams. And I turned to my friend Derek and I said, you know, I swear to God, if I have sat here for three and a half hours only to watch you guys get your picks stolen from you by the Seahawks and then you trade out, I'm going to punch you in the face. And sure as shit, Seattle trades out one and picks the guy, I guess, that the Rams wanted. And then the Rams traded out. So the look on their face was so defeated because they sat there with their Rams gear for the entire time. We sat there and we ate, you know, disgusting food. We drank awful beer. And then they didn't even get to watch their team draft at all. And I, I and plus they called me on my bluff because I didn't punch either one of them in the face. But um, I really should have because I was just furious. I'm like, I could have left a while ago and been home. But no. But uh, that was Thursday, so we get Christian Wilkins on Thursday. Now, the interesting thing here, where the chess match really occurred, I think the most interesting part of the draft happened on Friday in the second round. So a couple of things here. Obviously, the Arizona Cardinals picked Kyler Murray number one. Now, that sets off a bunch of um, different things going on. Number one, Josh Rosen unfollows the Arizona Cardinals on social (laughs) media, and your boy, Steve Smith Sr., goes off on him, uh, called him all kinds of names, called him a baby, told him that you want to take your ball and go home. Well, it's not your ball to take. Uh, You need to be a man. You need to deal with this better. You're not a good quarterback. You don't have the right, yada, yada, yada. Um, Josh Rosen's just getting killed in the media. He's getting killed by everyone for his character, his reputation, being a bad teammate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is all going on. Meanwhile, there's a lot of reports coming out that the Miami Dolphins are going to trade their second round pick, the 48th overall, to the Arizona Cardinals for Josh Rosen. So I was resigned to that fact, Chris. That's what I thought was going to happen. Then, out of nowhere, like a Randy Orton RKO, the New Orleans Saints come in and trade up from the 62nd pick, which they give us, to the 48th and pick, I believe, a wide receiver of some sort. or No, they got a center, uh, McCoy. Oh, I was way off. Anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) The point is they, they took our pick and then gave us the 62nd overall and a second rounder in the 2020 draft, which gives us basically two draft picks for every round other than the first round. Now, this is where I think the the wheels start turning, and you go, okay, it's still a second-round pick, but it's at the end of the second round. Right, barely. Did the Miami Dolphins purposely devalue their own second-round pick this year in order to justify trading for Josh Rosen, uh, which is what they eventually did with the 62nd overall pick uh, to the Arizona Cardinals? Your last story, you mentioned your buddies calling your bluff on uh, punching you in the face. Right. I have a feeling Chris Greer here, Big Dick Greer is what I'm going to call him from now on, called the Cardinals and said, hey, you guys got Kyler Murray. He's playing. So what are you going to do with Josh Rosen? Remember when he traded up last year for him? Do you remember that? And now he's on your team. He just unfollowed you on Twitter. We know you're getting rid of this guy. And they said, oh, yeah, there's a ton of other teams calling, like New England. Oh, really? New England? Okay, we'll call you right back. And we trade down to 62 and call their fucking bluff. I, I feel like that's what happened. I don't know if it's true. Obviously, no one ever will. No one will ever mention either way, just out of professional courtesy. Uh, um, Courteism? That's not a – what the fuck am I Curti- talking about? I'm courtesy, not, Chris. Courtesy. Courte- I'm not even drinking. What the hell? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm worse when I'm sober. Um, yeah, dude, I, I have a feeling Chris Greer said, oh, really? The 48 does sound good. I mean he was a 10th overall pick last year, but we're going to move on down to pretty much the third – uh, we we're joking. Uh, we we actually I went to see Endgame, Avengers Endgame Friday, and I was excited. We we're about to leave. 
when we were up at 48 and then we traded down, I'm like, well, I'm not going to see our pick. Let's just, you know, drive to the movie theater. We had to get there. Um, and then everybody's just texting me. I, I get out of the movies, which is three hours long, by the way. So I get out of the movie and I have just all these texts. You know, you got Josh Rosen, you traded down, blah, blah, blah. Like it was pretty incredible um, to come out of the movies to see that. And um, I love it. I think it's awesome. I, I have a feeling um, this is what I like to imagine happen. Here's my headcanon, okay? They called and said, we'll take a second for Josh Rosen. And we said, great. Then we traded down to just barely in the second round with the Saints and said, hey, bud, you said a second round, right? And they were like, God damn it, fuck you. In the meantime, we pick up a second round pick next year. Right. We got Josh Rosen for free, I would say. I would say close to free because we, we traded down a few picks. Kept our second, traded it to them. We got Josh Rosen, um, and we got a second next year. So it's like, yeah, I know the year later is devalued a little bit. But the best thing I saw on Twitter, and this explains it perfectly, is uh, Roger Goodell in the 2018 NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals select the 62nd pick in the 2019 that's, draft. That's exactly right. I mean, that's, <laughs> and that's huge. What a steal. I feel like uh, there's people that are against this. It's six million for three years. We fleeced the Cardinals here. There's no other question about it. Well, that, that's exactly what uh, Dan Cater said from SB Nation. He says the Miami Dolphins fleece the Cardinals. I mean, that's that's just the bottom line. Is the Cardinals uh, are, are bad poker players and and made a bad investment. They traded up last year. They traded up in front of us to go get Josh Rosen <laughs> last that. year. If you remember that, they traded right in front of us last year, essentially, to get Josh Rosen. So they gave up a lot of draft capital to go up and get him. And then a year later, after one of the most abysmal uh, coaching regimes talent-wise, everything, they trade him for the 62nd pick overall and a fifth rounder. I mean, that's not good value at all. I mean, they they, they really did screw that up uh, big time. And you know what? Uh, that that just goes, you know, to help us. I mean, I, I'm fine with it. I think the value is fine. I'm not the, the guy that wants Josh Rosen. To, I'm not going to anoint him the starter and the, and the savior and all no, that. No, no. But I, I think at the value, why not? I mean, if this is a value-added, value proposition sort of game, um, the value was – ultimately there and I think uh, there's a whole lot of other teams that if they could have made this deal they would have even if they had a, a, a bona fide starting quarterback already on the roster so it's a no-brainer for me uh, that we did what we did uh, I'm rooting for Josh Rosen I, I hope he does have the chip on his shoulder as he said I mean in his introductory press conference he said if the chip got any bigger he would probably fall over um mm. Uh, the kid's pissed, and he should be pissed. Now, he's walking into uh, an environment that's very similar to Arizona last year in that there's not a lot of talent in front of him to keep him clean in the pocket. He does have a veteran quarterback that is going to play, in my opinion, in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, so he does you know, have a limited amount of time to prove everything. But you know what? He's not a one-and-done here. I mean, even even if he's, if he's mediocre, uh, which is, you know, okay, let's just say he's Ryan Tannehill. You still have him for another two years at a very cheap contract. Who's to say mm. you don't just keep him as the backup and say, all right, look, he's here. He's insurance. If whoever it is we bring in after that doesn't work out, we've got Josh Rosen sitting right there for less than what you would pay most backups in this league. I'm okay with that. The talent hasn't gone away in a year. The only thing that's gone away is him from the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm 100% on board with us taking him at you know basically the 60-second pick overall. That's totally fine by me. Yeah, looking at what the Cardinals actually drafted at the position was like some like UMass wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know what I mean. Like the the value there is fantastic to get a Josh Rosen because his they already paid a signing bonus. We're not on the hook for that. We owe this guy two million dollars a year for the next three years. That is nothing. That is pennies when you're talking about an NFL quarterback, a possible franchise quarterback. Emphasize possible, but just having him there, the tight. 
Titans are paying more for Ryan Tannehill. So, you know, bringing Josh Rosen, possibly backing up Fitzpatrick, possibly uh, being the starter. We didn't handcuff ourselves next year. If we want to trade for Tua or from, we can still do that. Like you said, he can just start or back up. Um, I actually mentioned to Simon Clancy on uh, Twitter a few days before the draft when these rumors kind of started bubbling up. And I said, how funny would it be if we trade for him, draft Tua, and trade him next year to another team? Would he be the first quarterback he would be he'd be the first quarterback in history to play on two straight number one overall teams uh that worst team in the league that traded him for the top quarterback i I think that would be just but that's that's something that could happen and we still have that option there because we did everything right and i'd be willing to bet that we would actually get more value than the cardinals got for him trading him to us because a the money is there and b you know everyone (laughs) no one's gonna want to be i don't know i just feel like it it, i don't think we would trade him but you're right if if we did a poor kid would actually uh (laughs) Uh, probably implode at that point. But, you know, I I just – the way I said it on Twitter, and uh, some people really didn't get the joke, and I I question the the mentality of some of of our Dolph fans out there. But, you know, what I said is this is essentially the Miami Dolphins being that guy at the bar that that has the ugly girl ready to go at 10 p.m. but decides to wait until 2 a.m. knowing that he has her to see what other options are available to them. I mean, it, that's essentially what it did. They, they took home the ugly chick, uh, the guaranteed, at 2 p.m. instead of 10 a.m. Or, I'm sorry, 10 p.m. What, Jesus Christ, I'm backwards. 2 a.m., 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> I told everyone I was hungover, right? I did, okay. You uh, did, yes. I don't even know what uh, what day it is. Who are you? Who, who are these people listening to us? Uh, anyway, fuck it, whatever. Just go read the tweet. It's on... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's archived. It's I got perfect. you, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's Perfectville Pod. There's, it's up there somewhere. Just go fucking read it. All right, moving on. Um, we'll talk more and more and more about Josh. Now, here's the thing that I did find funny, though, Chris, is that we finally got off the Ryan Tannehill teat, right? After five, six years of, of this fence sitting, is he good? Is he bad? Is he our guy? Is he not our guy? The, the fan base has been divided. We finally all said, okay, we agree it's time to move on from Ryan Tannehill. Nobody was really that sad to see him go. We, we knew it was time. Um but what, what could we do to possibly trump that? And we're like, hey, you know what? Hold our beer. We're going to go get Josh Rosen and then stir everybody <laughs> up once again. So uh, I don't know if, if Stephen Ross is an, is an artful genius or not, but uh, the, the debate over the quarterback position is alive and well once again for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, if there's not a debate, then they're not doing it right, or we have our guy. We have our guy. So we know Ryan Fitzpatrick's not the future. He knows he's not the future. He's uh, a Harvard grad. He knows exactly what's going on. Um, he is a journeyman quarterback. So for us to go out there and get competition, it's good for everybody. Josh Rosen said it in his press conference. Um, he's going to go out there and compete and battle. And uh, he even mentioned Peyton and Tom Brady and stuff like that, saying, you know, you go into every season thinking that somebody's here to take your job. So you have to prepare that way. And we should be doing that at work. My son should be doing that at school. Like you constantly, you can't settle. And Josh Rosen has like you mentioned, a huge chip on the shoulder. Um, I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was Barry Jackson or somebody else, uh, maybe Abrams, uh, Abramson, but said um, we talked to some of like his former high school coaches, college coaches, things like that, and he is pissed. Like He is just pissed. He's ready to go in. He feels embarrassed. And one of the things that he was kind of knocked for last year was that he didn't need football, right? Like that's what they – he even mentioned in his press conference. I didn't need it. 
You know, he comes from wealth. He comes from money. Um, but he loves the game and he wants to play. And he wants to be good. And now all of a sudden the co- team that traded up to get you l- last year just traded you away for peanuts basically on the dollar. That's just got to be one of those things that if you're a competitive person and you really do care about the game and your legacy, he's going to ball out, man, and we are going to be the benefa- benefactors of it. Yeah, and, and I really do like his attitude. It came out today here, Chris, that uh, his agent told him that uh, the Arizona Cardinals were planning on keeping him even if they did draft Kyler uh, Murray and his response was essentially something along the lines of well if that's their stance then I'm going to beat him and he can sit on the bench yeah you know and that's the kind of attitude you want out of your quarterback you want somebody you know that's going to have that confidence and bravado and say you know what I'm better than you and I'm going to go out there and prove it so I'm 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 happy to see what he can do Um, we have Jim Caldwell on our staff who is uh, somewhat of a little bit of an I'm not going to say QB whisperer because we already had that term for our last coaches coaching staff and that didn't work out too well but uh, he's good I mean Peyton Manning will 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 attest to that others will attest to Jim Caldwell just being that guy Matthew Stafford um, they love him. So uh, he's going to have his magic touch all over uh, the chosen Rosen, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But the only bumming part that I had was that I was really looking forward to seeing Richmond Webb get on that uh, get on that draft board or get on that stage and, and make that announcement there. And I know he got to go up there in the third round, but I didn't watch it at that point. I, I had moved on with my day, so I didn't get a chance to see the big feller up there at uh, Music City. But um, anyway, moving on to the third round, uh, the Miami Dolphins – actually moved on to the offensive side of the ball and drafting a guard out of Wisconsin, Michael Dieter, 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 Um, just kind of a big run mauling guard. Uh, We don't have any guards really other than him. Yeah, we need them. So I I wish we could have drafted him and then like three other people immediately to uh, (laughs) fill out that line, but uh, it's a good start. I mean, you got Laramie Tunzel and you have Michael Dieter, Dieter. Uh, as your as one of your guards, probably right guard there. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the the big feller from Wisconsin? Yeah, I like it. I mean, you, you think Wisconsin, you think offensive line. Uh, this guy started all four years. Uh, he played left tackle, left guard, and center. And he was a two-time first-team All-Big Ten selection. Uh, and he was second team in 2018. So, I mean, this guy is just honorable mention, uh, getting the accolades in a conference that's known for their offensive line, the big boys in Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Purdue, I mean, Penn State. These these teams are known for their linemen. And uh, he did good things. We got him in the third round. All, look, at this point, we need bodies. So I'm not calling him the next, you know, Orlando Pace or anything by any means, but we just need somebody other than Jesse Davis to be an option for us. So I, I like the pick. Yeah, I do. Uh, like I said, he fills a big need. He was a uh, four-year starter in Wisconsin. He's going to be a starting uh, a starter right away. And if you look at this, you're going to have Christian Wilkins, who's going to be a starter. You're going to have Michael Dieter-Deiter, who's going to be a, uh, a a starter. And you have probably Josh Rosen, who's going to be a starter. So your first three draft picks, essentially, are mm. going to be starters on your team. And they're going to contribute right away. And we talked about that last year as well. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick was going was gonna to start right away and, and contribute, and he did, as did others. So... Um, Speaking of that, we don't have a fourth rounder, so we move into the fifth round, and we get, uh, I don't know what it is with these kids from Wisconsin, but they have the worst <laughs> names. Linebacker, Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, so we have Michael Dieter, or Michael Dieter, or as I'm going to start calling him, Dieter Dieter, and Andrew Van Ginkle, linebacker from Wisconsin. Ginkle or Einhorn, uh, what are your thoughts on the wild? <laughs> oh, man, damn it, I was going to make a Finkel joke. God uh, damn well, it. Well, you still can. Everyone's going to do it for the next however long he's with the Miami That's Dolphins. True. So. I was just going to say anybody with those fink- those fake Finkel jerseys can just like add a letter or like, change the letter around and you have a Van Kinkle, Ginkle jersey, this guy. Uh, yeah, he's he's a quick guy, some undersized linebacker again. Um, but, you know, he had 11 sacks the last two two years. Um 
we'll just see. I watched his highlight tapes. The, the knock on him is that he can't cover the big tight ends. He gets knocked off the routes. Um, being projected as a special teamer, possible practice squad guy. So, um, you know, getting him in the fifth round's fine. Uh, just hopefully, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. But I've always wanted a linebacker with long blonde hair, so we finally got one. So here's here's you know where this is going. But undersized white linebacker in the fifth round drafted by the Miami Ooh. Dolphins. Can you imagine how many people have already made the comparison uh, to Zach Thomas for Andrew Van Ginkle, which is not fair to this kid. I think they play yeah, completely differently. <laughs> um, and I'm also wondering, like, two back-to-back kids from Wisconsin. Um, we, we, did our did our staff just like, oh, shit, are we on? Uh, I don't know. Pick that other guy. Uh, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, just the linebacker. Whatever. Vin, Vin, whatever his name is. Like, what a terrible last name. I, I'm sorry. Like, I know his parents gave it to him. But if you're if you're his parents, are you even rocking a Van Ginkle jersey? I mean, I wouldn't. I, I mean, it just says BG on it. Yeah. Ooh, not even. That's not even better. I mean, I think yeah, VG. Ugh. Uh, I think I think they might rock a Zach Thomas jersey before a Van Ginkle oh, jersey. Shit. But yeah, that's a terrible. Uh, he just changed his last name to like I don't know, fucking linebacker. Just change it to linebacker, Andrew linebacker. It's <laughs> like the back in like the Madden '98. Like they, they, their name was like Jim linebacker. Yeah, yeah, that would be much better than Van Ginkle. But now, now we say that this kid's gonna have like 12 sacks as a rookie, and we're gonna have to hear Van Ginkle every single time. It's just it's kind of fun to say after a while, Van Ginkle, Van Ginkle. But there's no uh, way that not even like Gus Johnson, the best play-by-play guy, can make that sound good. Fred Ginkle with a sack, like no. I would just laugh immediately. There's just that's never sounding good. No, no, they'll they'll just they'll what they'll the do. The Ginkmeister. <laughs> Ginkmeister. <laughs> I hope I hope the NFL allows for you know like in baseball they allow like one series a year where they can put their. Uh, their um, their nicknames on so like Rich Hill he goes by Dick Mountain uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers because it's basically his name and it and it you know oh way, I got it right Rich, Rich Hill. Dick Hill Mountain so he goes by Dick Mountain uh, but they won't let him put it on there so it has to say D Mountain but I would love to see the Ginkelmeister or whatever you just said uh, Ginkmeister <laughs> on the back of the jersey I would I would rock a Ginkmeister jersey I might sprinkle get a, my, sprinkle my Ginkle oh Ginkle sprinkles it all oh God what a terrible <laughs> I hope he gets cut. I don't want him anywhere near. Oh my God, <laughs> he wants his career to end because of the name he can't choose. This is, that's that's welcome to Perfectville, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. This is why I could never be the coach or the GM of the Miami Dolphins. They're like, yeah, this kid Andrew Van Ginkle. Nope, fuck that. Uh, uh-uh, we're I can't not wait doing it. We get the Chandler Cox. Yeah, somebody exactly. We got Ginkle, Dieter, and Cox. Uh, it's we just we've got a bunch of Beavis and Butthead people running the. Uh, Running the front office of the Miami Dolphins, Chris Greer is just nothing but a prepubescent boy uh, picking picking. These sounds like you know how this is how I pick horses in horse races is whoever's got the weirdest name is the horse I bet on. I feel like we just drafted a bunch of people like how I bet on horses in the, the Kentucky Derby. I hope not, but possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of horses, we got ourselves a big old moose uh, in the sixth round. Isaiah Prince, Ohio State offensive tackle. Um, I don't know much about him, but I was reading up on him, Chris. Seems like he's pretty inconsistent. Seems to be a pass-blocking sort of tackle. Uh, probably stick him out there, give him a shot at the uh, right tackle position. I don't think he's a bona fide starter. Not not right away. He's going to be a little bit of a project, but he'll probably make the team uh, if for no other reason than we don't really have a lot of offensive line talent. So he's going to have a he's going to have a shot. Uh, what are your thoughts on Isaiah Prince, uh, round six, two hundred two hundred two overall? Hot take. Isaiah Prince starts at right tackle week one for one reason, one reason only. He has eyebrows. He has eyebrows. So that's a prerequisite now for the Miami Dolphins. If you <laughs> want to start at the right tackle position, you must have eyebrows. So 
Um, that's all they actually looked at is they didn't look at his tape. They didn't run, you know, didn't measure him as 40. He didn't even play football in college. No, no he's just, he's, he was just a guy that he was like a, a civil engineering student. And uh, they're like, what? He's got eyebrows. Pick him up. Pick him up. <laughs> his cell phone rings. 305 number. Who the fuck uh, is this? Who's this? Answers the phone. Isaiah Prince. Do you have eyebrows? Yes, sir. Welcome to the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> I, ha- I have two, in fact. Oh, well, guess what? You get a signing bonus. So... <laughs> This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This is how this is what we think about our, our end of the draft picks. I, look, this is this is how I feel by the sixth round. Anyway, it's like it's true. It's, it's an true. endurance race race. But uh, out of the sixth round, we have uh, two guys back to back. I always love when you get two picks back to back. It just seems like you control the whole world, you know. So this is mm. pick two thirty three and pick two thirty four. Uh, both running backs, both playing different positions. Uh, we'll start with uh, Chandler Cox <laughs> from. F- <laughs> Uh, from Auburn, he's a fullback. Uh, it sounds a lot like Chandler Bing and Courtney Cox from Friends uh, had a baby, and this is what popped out. But uh, here we go. We're going to have Cox shoving it up the middle um, as a fullback. First time in a long time the Miami Dolphins have had a bona fide fullback, maybe since Lusaka Polite, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what do you thought? What are your thoughts on uh, the Miami Dolphins getting some Cox here? I actually love this pick. Uh, I watched his highlights, and this guy played at Popka High School in Florida, and uh, they are well known for only running the single wing. They don't have a quarterback. Like, they direct snap it. It's basically a wildcat formation. And he played there, um, played tailback, fullback, wildcat at Auburn for all four years. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can block. He can be your kind of specialty guy. Like, this is seriously our Pat Devlin. For the Patriots, um, I love this pick in the seventh round. This guy played in the SEC, started all four years. I mean, he can just is a, is a Swiss Army knife type player, and he's like a very much Bill Belichick type player. Like when he came out, and I watched his highlights, I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna be a Patriot. And then I went, oh wait, our whole coaching staff is Patriot, so maybe we'll draft him, and we did. So I, I actually like this pick a lot. I can see this guy making the team. Uh, as a Michael Thomas type replacement of you know your special teams whiz, um, but also helping on offense too. If you can game plan for this guy and you're worried about Grant and Wilson and Stills, all of a sudden he's out of the backfield with a linebacker covering him. It's not going to happen. He's not your bona fide fullback. You know he's more of a H back type Charles Clay, uh, but out of the backfield. I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean if you look at the way the Miami Dolphins. Uh... Uh, use their offseason, so to speak. They got 37,000 tight ends under contract, and now they're going <laughs> with a fullback uh, style here with uh, when they went and grabbed Cox. So uh, I can see them putting together a big, heavy package the way the Miami Dolphins do, or I'm sorry, the way the New England Patriots do when it's, you know, third and one, fourth and one. And, you know, even if they just do a uh, quarterback sneak with Josh Rosen or Ryan Fitzmagic, um, you have all those big bodies out there, and it confuses the defense a little bit to go, okay, are they going to run the ball? Are they going to throw the ball? What's going to happen here? So I agree with you. I think this kid's going to play special teams. I think he's going to have a couple of uh, specialized packages for him where he can actually contribute in terms of holding the ball and and, and moving forward. I also think he's going to hit some people here, there, and everywhere. So I I like the pick, too. I think it's good value in the seventh round. Uh, Speaking of good value, I, I absolutely love this pick, Miles. Gaskin, Jaskin, Gaskin. Before we move on, I just want uh, to make a quick prediction. Okay. I'm predicting before the season ends, we will line up on the goal line with Christian Wilkins at fullback and Cox at tailback. I'm calling it right now. Uh, I want that on record. 
On record here, ladies Wil- and gentlemen. Wilkins has a few touchdowns at Clemson running the ball, and Cox obviously is a big bruising guy. I could see Wilkins in the backfield at fullback. I mean, I would. I would do that. I put him at fullback and put Cox behind that running back. You don't know who's getting the ball. Short yard uh, situation. I could see it happening. Just calling it right now. Put a pin in it. I would uh, April 30th. That's when we're recording this. Uh, and I would do it as the very first play from scrimmage of the 2019 season. Just Christian <laughs> Wilkins in the backfield with Chandler Cox. And uh, and, and we're, we don't even have a quarterback, right? It, it just Everyone's like, who's starting quarterback? We don't have one. We just snap the ball and one of those guys catches it and we go from there. Um, moving on to the next running back. Pick 234 right after Cox. Uh, the Miami Dolphins get Miles Gaskin, Gaskin, Jaskin. Uh, another terrible name that I can't pronounce uh, for the from the Washington Huskies. Four year starter, ran for over a thousand yards every single year. He's a little guy, um, but he he might be a bona fide steal. I mean, uh, the Miami Dolphins have some talent at the running back position, so I, it's going to be crowded. But uh, I like this. I, I think you can draft him and um, and and maybe maybe you can keep him on the practice squad for a year, or maybe he shines through and and makes the team at the, at the low end of the roster. I'm not sure, but uh, what do you think of uh, old Miles here? Love it. We we needed him. We only had you know Ken and Drake, Balage and uh, Kenneth Foles on our team at running back. Uh, so we needed two other bodies. Obviously going into the off season, uh, getting Cox and Gaskins. So uh, it's great. He, he's got good hands out of the backfield. Fifty nine catches the last three years. Uh, and like you said, his numbers speak for themselves. You know, playing in the Pac-10, he's got over a thousand yards rushing every single year, freshman through senior. That is, uh, he joins Ron Dane as the only other running back to do that. That's that's high company in college running back uh, lineage. So yeah, I like to pick a lot. Like you said, it's a seventh round pick. He could be a steal, high ceiling, low floor. That's uh, that's what I'm all about when it comes to seventh round pick. Get a guy that can maybe just break the ice and be a steal for you. And we can always tell what era of football you grew up in because you just refer to it as the Pac-10, even though it is now the Pac-12. Um, that's oh, okay. I used, I used to call it the Pac-8 because that's uh, that's the era I grew up in, just a little bit older than you. <laughs> uh, but you're right. I mean, I think this uh, – and you mentioned Ron Dane. We would have drafted him too since he went to Wisconsin, but uh, he wasn't available. <laughs> he had to he had too simple of a name. Yeah, exactly. No, we know how to pronounce that one. If his so name was like Ron Dick. Cheese. Yeah, we would have do- totally drafted him. If we had Ron Dick Cheese available, I would have traded up to get Ron Dick Cheese uh, first overall pick if I could. So, Chris, this is our draft. Uh, our draft for the 2019 uh, team. We've got Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Josh Rosen, quarterback out of Arizona. Uh, Michael Dieterdieter, guard out of Wisconsin. Andrew Van Ginkle, linebacker out of Wisconsin, fifth round. Isaiah Prince, offensive tackle, Ohio State. Chandler Cox, fullback out of Auburn. And Miles Gaskin, Gaskin, Jaskin, whatever, running back out of Washington. So uh, what are your overall thoughts? What do you give the Miami Dolphins in terms of a letter grade, A through F? Uh, where do the Miami Dolphins land on your grading scale? Before Rosen, looking at everything else, I'd say a C minus, maybe. Just I mean, I like Wilkins a lot, but after that, there's a lot to be desired. Um, we didn't really hit a lot of um, needs at the high level, but when you add Josh Rosen, his contract, uh, lack thereof, and his ceiling compared to um, the floor that we have for what we're paying him and where we're at as a team, including getting the second round pick next year. Uh, it bumped me up to a B minus, a B, 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 B minus, I would say, is our entire draft. You get a starting defensive tackle, starting quarterback, starting offensive lineman in your first three picks. You can't go wrong with that. And uh, especially considering we got Minka Fitzpatrick at 11 last year. Rosen was the 10th overall pick. I mean, imagine going back to back in the first round. That's just a hell of a way to go. And uh, within the last 369, eight 
72 days, uh, we picked both those guys up and added to our roster. So it's pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, the context of the of the Josh Rosen trade makes this a much better draft than I think it would have been otherwise. Although, if we don't make those trades, we probably pick at 48, and who knows what we do, and, and maybe we give this a B uh, just based on the draft picks alone. But I, I tend to agree with you. I think Christian Wilkins is a, is a, is a good pick. You know, he's a B-plus, A-minus sort of pick just from the first round. I think the Josh Rosen trade was an A. I think Chris Greer handled that um, tremendously well. I don't think he could have done anything better than what he did. Uh, I like uh, Michael Dieter out of uh, Wisconsin there. You know, that's a good B or, or something along those lines. After that, you know, it's a little bit of a crapshoot, five, six, seven rounders. So I agree with you. I think uh, I think it's probably about a B, solid B. Um, I thought last year's draft was a little bit higher than this one in terms of the talent uh, that we ascertained. But um, I'm not... I'm not against this draft. I think this draft is a foundational draft uh, where some of these guys are going to stick and be players here for a long time, even if it's just special teams. So uh, I'm okay with it. I guess that's probably the best ways. I'm okay with this draft. I think, you know, we can go, all right, cool. They did their homework. They made some moves. They've set themselves up incredibly well uh, going into the 2020 draft next year. And we, not just the amount of draft capital that they have, but the amount of money that the Miami Dolphins are going to have next year. Uh, we're, we're talking over $100 million in salary cap uh, room to go out and make some moves if they need to go out and make some moves. So uh, I think they've set themselves up for a pretty quick turnaround, probably a really bad 2019, uh, and then coming back in 2020 with some names uh, that they can go out and get and then uh, draft as well. So I'm going to give it a B, B minus. And, uh, you know, we're not alone here, Chris. I mean, just looking at some of the some of the reviews from all over, um, SB Nation gave the Miami Dolphins a B, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Mel Kuyper Jr. from ESPN gave the Miami Dolphins a B. Pete Prisco, uh, known Miami Dolphins hater, gave us a B. Andy Benoit from Sports Illustrated gave us an A. Chad Reuter from the NFL.com, A-. minus. Nate, hmm. Nate Davis from USA Today gave us an A. Steven Ruiz gave us a B from uh, USA Today. Vinny Iyer, actually from the Sporting News, gave us a C. Uh, Steven Serby gave us an A from the New York Post. Doug Farrar from Touchdown Wire, a.k.a. USA Today, gave us a C plus. He didn't really like our, our draft. But overall, I mean, I think that averages out to about a B or B minus. So I think yeah. our thoughts are very similar to what the national media is actually giving us as well. A lot more A's than I imagined because um, I didn't look that up. But uh, it's good to hear. And it's one of those things where I'm sitting here right now um, and I'm going to trust the scouts the coaches uh, that came from the New England Patriots. Brian Flores is the one coach that left New England that actually brought guys with him, you know, like a, a ton of guys. He just brought guys. He started as a scout. Chris Greer was a hell of a scout. Putting those minds together, I have a feeling, um, or if you just ask me to bet, I guess, on my paycheck, I would lean towards uh, if it's 50-50 success or not, I would pick success on these late-round guys, that they did their due diligence. Uh, Cox, for example, I was reading while you were speaking there. Uh, he said the Dolphins was the team he wanted to draft him. Uh, he had multiple visits down there, and he loved the coaches, loved the organization, uh, wanted to be a part of it. So these guys are hearing good things, and they know that they have smart minds and they want to be used. Uh, if we can get production out of a Gaskins and out of a Cox and out of the uh, the tackle Prince out of Ohio State and these late-round guys, I mean, that's, just, that's where your bread and butter is, and that's what makes good teams – in also adding the cap space and the picks for next year, that is the absolute recipe and the blueprint for building a consistently good team in the NFL that we have not been doing for the last 20-plus years. So it's nice to see it. I'll take a bad season because we haven't been doing anything going 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, anyway. I'll take a bad season if it means a consistent future moving forward. 
Uh, and you're right. And the, the talent is what makes a good team. And uh, it also makes a good podcast. So we, we, we share the audio of Chris Cullen um, letting everybody know where Christian Wilkins went to school when the Miami Dolphins <laughs> picked him 13th overall. But I also have audio here from when the Jets picked as well as the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. And I figured we'd just end the show uh, with, again, the tradition like any other, um, just you uh, just prattling on and, and meandering on and, and talking shit about the AFC East as only Chris Cullen can do. So here's here's when the Jets picked. And who did the Jets pick, Chris? One of the defensive tackles. I don't remember. <laughs> Well, we'll just uh, was we'll it just Oliver? Play, we'll play the yeah. No, that was Buffalo. We'll we'll play the oh, okay. the audio uh, right here. All right, Parkerville. Here we are. The Jets are picking third overall. Probably going to get Quinn and Williams. We'll see. There it is. What a fucking joke! Fuck the Jets! Huge Duke. So uh, Quinn and Williams was the pick for the New York Jets, and as you and your family uh, um, pointed out, the J E T S suck 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 huge dick, according to Chris. So <laughs> even even during the off season, uh, the Miami Dolphins holding it down against the New York Jets, our hated rival. Now uh, you'd alluded to it that the uh, the Buffalo Bills took Ed Oliver. Uh, I actually really like that pick. I was kind of like, pissed yeah, I like Ed. Oliver a lot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's 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 listen in on this. No! Jets get Quinn Williams. The Bills get Ed Oliver. Fuck the Bills! Yeah. What the fuck is a Bill? Like, do they have just a guy named Bill on their helmet? Why is it a Buffalo on their helmet? That's their city. Like, we don't have the city of Miami on our helmet. We are the Miami Dolphins. They're the Buffalo Bills, but with Buffaloes on their helmets. And they got Ed Oliver. So, uh, <laughs> as you guys could not, if you could not tell, uh, Chris progressed rapidly on the drunk scale. There, I mean, he went from yep. from uh, oh, Quentin Williams so huge dick to the line of the Buffalo Bill got a bell on their helmet. What is a bill? I was so mad and deranged. They got Ed Oliver. I just went in my rant of <laughs> their mascot and why I hate it. So yeah, that's great. Uh, well, and then uh, this last one, I'm not going to play this whole clip because it was two and a half minutes long. Um, but this is you when the New England Patriots picked here, and uh, let's get your thoughts and hopes and dreams about the New England Patriots at the end of the first round. All right, we're uh, recording for the Patriots. Thanks to my brother Jeremy for reminding me <laughs> that they're still in the division. They just own us every year. We just fuck the Patriots. We didn't realize that they're still in this division and just own it this time. Oh, boy. It's like being the peasants <laughs> when you're paying those corn on the field and let you like pick it up. What the fuck are you talking about? The scraps. <laughs> so the Patriots are to us. I want to Kurt Warner talk. By the way, can we talk about Kurt Warner with his buttoned jacket? Unbutton your jacket. You're sitting down. Like I've watched enough formal wear videos <laughs> and seen people talk. If you're sitting down unbutton your jacket like it's not fun or special to be it's buttoned not fun to, it just looks like it's about to burst like he, he can just like fart and it's like <laughs> buttons gonna shoot the camera here we go the Patriots about to pick whoever they pick is gonna help them win another Super Bowl of course but like fuck this team oh, they boy. suck in my ass 
I can't believe that. A <laughs> mm, uh, wide receiver. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> Four, five, forty. Second team, first team all pack 12. Nikhil Harry, Arizona State, is going to be a New England Patriot. Here's the difference the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jets pick defensive tackles. They pick a uh, tweener, wide receiver. Des Bryant, great. So Tom Brady's like, thanks a lot for another guy I can throw the ball to. Uh, and that's why I hate my life. So they get uncomfortable and still get this guy. So, uh, good night. Have a good time. I'll see you tomorrow. And, um, thank God for Endgame because I've killed myself. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. So do you remember sending that I don't remember at all? Any, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> I can't believe I went to work the next day. I was uh, really drunk on vodka, and that was obviously the last pick of the draft. Um, so... <laughs> Holy shit. I was like, thank God for Endgame or I'd kill myself. Good night. I, uh, Good Lord. I, I said I wasn't going to play the whole thing. And then as we were going, I'm like, I'm playing this entire fucking clip because it's it's so good. And my favorite part is when you said Nikhil Arizona State. Like, you, you took his name and then merged it into the school that he went to. And you did it, like, seamlessly because of the drunken slur that you were able to get Nikhil Harry and Arizona State all on one line. And that was very impressive. Uh, I just want to remind everyone that I do that in the comfort of my own home. I am in my garage. I just crawl to my room that's four feet away. I don't go out driving or to a bar because that is – I was really drunk. Oh, God damn. What what are you, running for Congress? Who cares? I mean (laughs) – but it's just, I, I love that. That and the fact that you just went off on Kurt Warner for no reason because you watch a lot of fashion shows or something. Formal wear? Well, what does that even mean? I was like, which, by the way, you can tell that just really triggered me. I was just like, can we talk about Kurt Warner? It's like, no, who wants to talk about that? But I was obviously very mad about that. Yeah, well, that is a, that is a vodka anger right there. My so. poor wife. Oh, God. <laughs> so, anyway, that's uh, that's Chris calling on a Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. Um <laughs> But this is why we do this. this is this is gold every single year. I wish we had three drafts a year because uh, just your reactions to oh yeah no your your liver's like please can we just suspend the 2020 draft in Las Vegas? Uh, but you your your takes are just so amazingly funny every single time. So I appreciate that, and so do the uh, citizens of Perfectville. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to talk about with regards to the NFL draft and the Miami Dolphins? Uh, how do we put a bow on this hour long episode of Perfectville? Yeah, that was a nice drunken bow. I think that's good enough. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that we might just we might just play that Kurt Warner rant one more time at the end of the show. But uh, anyway, uh, we both think it's a solid B draft. We both think that the the Josh Rosen trade was a great one, and the Miami Dolphins are well on their way to a rebuild of a once proud franchise that has fallen into the muck and mire and dog shit uh, lower end of the NFL. So. Uh, we'll see you guys again here very, very soon. We're, we're kind of getting back on the, into the saddle of things here with Perfectville. So uh, with that being said, the last thing to say, goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Oh, and DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.